So friends, I'm just back from a trip to Cuba. Uh, a week ago, Saturday, I was in Havana, Cuba. And just <laughs> really, yeah. Um, thank you. A 52 Chevy, me behind the wheel. Uh, you've seen those pictures before, but uh, there's a wonderful time. And I know many of you had prayers for me. You were wondering about Hurricane Matthew because Hurricane Matthew was going on at that same time in that same part of the world. Believe it or not, ship captains really try to avoid those major storms, and so we did. We were supposed to have gone to Santiago, which is on the eastern part of Cuba, and that's where Matthew brushed over there, hit Haiti more than it did Cuba, but we simply didn't go there. We X'd that off of our itinerary and came back around and had an extra free day in Havana. That's why you see me there. So it was a non-event for me, but yes, many prayers we need for our people, our friends in Haiti and along the eastern seaboard of of the, you, the United States. I know you love for me to tell stories, and you want me to tell stories about Cuba. Can you hang on to that for just a little bit? Because I do have a great, awesome story towards the end of this message. Got it? You can wait. Okay, good. So we had the scripture lesson. You've, you've heard this story before. We call it the parable of the prodigal son. I always thought it was misnamed because there's a father and two sons, and I'm going to try to get both of them involved in the story today. I've been a pastor more than 38 years, and how many times have I preached on this passage? (laughs) Many, many times. But I've never preached it as a stewardship sermon. Yes, Mabel, he's preaching about stewardship today. He's going to talk about money and possessions. Let's run out now while we can. Thank you. Uh, 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 I need to talk about stewardship. It's part of the, the Christian faith. And for me, it is the number one spiritual issue before American Christians, how we relate to money and possessions. Steward simply means we've been given charge of something that is not ours. It belongs to somebody else, and how we take care of it matters. As these two sons will show us in this story of how they handle the father's estate here. So we're going to look at this story with stewardship lenses on this day. So if, if you do that, you see from the very get-go, the younger son, the one we call the prodigal. And, and see, I always growing up thought prodigal meant the one that ran away and then came back, came back home. I thought that's what prodigal meant. It doesn't. It means wasteful, lavish, extravagant. This prodigal ask for his part of the inheritance early. It's as if he says to his father, Dad, I wish you were dead. (laughs) Ouch. Uh, Dad, I care more about getting my stuff right now than I care about whether you live or die. That's what he's saying in this statement. Amazing, the father gives him his portion of the inheritance. And again, with stewardship eyes on, let's see what he does with that inheritance. Verse 13, so the father divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered, that's the word prodigal, squandered his property in dissolute living. And we can fill in the blanks of what that means, (laughs) Uh, dissolute living. He blows the family fortune in a big hurry. Before we beat up on him too much here, um, 
I typed in the Google search. Do y'all ever use that thing called Google on the internet? Have you ever done this? So you start, it just, I wondered what would happen if I started typing lottery winners. I start typing lottery winners, and you know how it fills in things for you to look at? It's lottery winners who went bankrupt. That's how, that's how it filled it in for me. Oh, this is interesting. That kind of pops up to the top of the list. I looked at it, and here's what I found. Lottery winners, 70% of them have gone bankrupt after five years. Yeah, wow. <laughs> How can this be? As I read the article, it said there's this feeling of euphoria that comes over you, that you are invincible, you are powerful, you are above it all. And guess what? You find out that you have a lot of friends you didn't know that you had before. (laughs) And they all want you to do something for them. And there's family members coming out of the woodwork. And 70% burn through the riches very quickly. The 30% who make it, there were two things that said, they said that helped them get through it. One, a financial advisor, some other person offering counsel to them, and they said a life coach. You would say a pastor or a counselor, something like that. So they could keep their heads screwed on straight. Because it's unreal when you have this much money and there's no strings attached and you can burn through it very, very quickly. And again, before we beat up on the prodigal or these lottery winners, think about you just a little bit. You have gotten that IRS refund check. <laughs> you had a windfall in your business. Uh, you, uh, children, you got a bunch of birthday money. Uh, and where does it go? It just sometimes seems to go through your fingers so fast. And I'll tell a story on me. Before I was five years old, I, I remember we were still living in Lubbock, Texas. I was given a silver dollar. First time in my life I had a silver dollar in my hand. But there was a Greyhound bus toy there on the shelf. And it cost exactly one dollar. That dollar was gone like that. I had that Greyhound bus and it broke within a few days. Oh, yeah. Poor Pastor Lynn. You know what I'm saying, right? Sometimes we are that prodigal, wasteful, extravagant, just burning through it very, very fast. Well, parents, when uh, our children sometimes ask for something that's not good for them, It is so hard for us to let it go and let them make mistakes. Can I get an amen here? (laughs) Anybody have lived through that before? Of your children asking for more than they're ready for, and you let them fail. Boy, it tears a hole in our hearts. His father does that. He lets his son go off and burn through the family fortune. This son hits bottom. If you are a Jewish boy, what does it mean for you to be working with pigs? What does it mean for you to say, boy, that pig slop looks really good for me to feed on? (laughs) Talk about hitting bottom. (laughs) You, You have found it right there. And the one we call the prodigal, he comes to himself. I love how the scripture says that he came to himself. He is totally humble.
I go back to my father, beg forgiveness. Even my hired hands have it better than that. He starts home. And again, with stewardship eyes on, what happens? Yes, there's the healing of relationships. The father runs out and he hugs his son. Welcome home, son. But more than that, material gifts, did you see that? Best robe put on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. And get this, a feast. Kill the fatted calf. We're going to celebrate. And isn't that wonderful? And this is where I want to talk about the elder son because he cannot join the party. He is so caught up in his self-righteousness and his goodness, he cannot welcome his younger brother home. (laughs) Never. I won't go in and join that party. He refuses to celebrate. And I'm afraid this is who I am in the story I get caught up in all my goody-goodiness, my self-righteousness, my trying to prove to God that God should love me. And I miss the party so many times. Here I need to talk to you about Cuba, okay? That story you've been waiting on and about celebration because that's what happened in the story. A week ago Tuesday, I was at Havana Central United Methodist Church. Yes, the church still exists in spite of Castro and those 50 years, in fact, it has thrived in spite of that. We were worshiping on a Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. I know that's how you would, you would love to come out at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday morning and fill this sanctuary, right? That's what happened. They, there's half of the church are the locals, the natives. They had to bring in chairs because there were about 70 of us, mostly from South Texas, mostly Methodists who joined them in worship. There is no air conditioning here. It is a tropical area. It's warm and humid. They were stirring the air with fans a little bit, but it's not quite like worship here. (laughs) We're standing. We're singing. There are ushers, and I know you ushers would love to do this. Uh, The ushers are going, yeah, 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 Jesus, all right, Jesus. Yeah, ushers, I know y'all would do that, right? And (laughs) the usher on my side of the the sanctuary, he was saying in in Spanish, and and he was doing with his, you know, lift your hands up. And so my hands are like this. This is big for me, okay? This is huge for me to do my hands like this. He goes, higher, higher. He's pulling my hands up over my head. You know, praise Jesus, you know. One usher, he's a really big man on this other side. They take him and they drag him up the center aisle of the worship space while we're singing and dancing here. Yes, and you see the liturgical dancers up here, but they invite everybody to dance. There's line dancing, there's conga dancing, there's uh, dancing in a circle. Can we show that picture of Chuck Gauchi, a member of this church, dancing? Oh, that's right. Chuck paid me off. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) 83 years old, Chuck Gauchi was up there dancing with, with all of these all of these people. It was aerobic, okay? It was exhausting. It was, I was just sweating. It was an amazing worship. 30 minutes or so we did just singing and dancing, praising the Lord who led worship La Pastora. In the Cuban church, it's Pastor and Pastora. they're, They're a couple. They do this together. Pastora was gone, off doing something else. Pastora led it. She was the lead singer. 
She was the preacher. She read scripture. She was the prayer. There was one song. She went over to the keyboard and she played keyboard. I, what, what couldn't she do? You know, Bishop Joel Martinez was with us. He wanted to appoint her right there and then. You know, <laughs> any church, any church in Rio, Texas, you know, we'll take it. Amazing woman and amazing faith. These people out here at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. And La Pastora, she preached from Isaiah 41, verse 10. And this is what the verse said. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will strengthen you, keep you, uphold you with my victorious right hand. And she told her congregation, she said, You may not know where your next meal is coming from, but do not be afraid. The Lord says, I am with you. You may not have a job, but do not be afraid. The Lord says, I am with you. And they believed her. (laughs) We had two guides with us on our bus. They were wonderful people. They were not doctrinaire. They were not trying to convert us to communism or socialism or their way of life or anything like that. Before we went into worship, our two gods, Jenny and Danielle Danielle Luis, said, we're going to be the learners here. We have never been to worship before. After worship was over, we went to the seminary, the Methodist seminary, which is right next door to Havana Central United Methodist Church, We were up there talking to the head of the seminary. And Jenny, one of our guides, she she gets in the the discussion and she says, how does one become part of the church? (laughs) And we were talking to her and said, well, you you come to worship like this and uh, you, you find a small group. And we got back on the bus And she took the microphone and she said, I think I'll go back to worship there. Danielle Luis, he got on the microphone. He said, I'm usually so good with words. He said, but uh, how do you say, how do you say goosebumps? He said, how do you say eyes watering? He said, "I, I don't have the words to talk about what I felt there Two conversions in one worship service of our guides. We sometimes forget, friends, the treasure that happens right here in this space when we gather to worship. You see, Jesus is not some intellectual concept for those folks. Jesus was real. Jesus was, how do I get through this day? That night I wrote in my journal, They have so little. They have so much. They have so little food. They have so little living space, so few jobs. They have so much faith. They have so much hope, so much resilience, so much creativity. So much Jesus. I wrote in my journal, we have so much. We have so little. We have so much stuff. (laughs) 
health insurance and cars and IRAs, and, and it's all good. It's all good. And I wanted to write, we have so little faith. I was sharing with a member of this church that couldn't be here in worship today. I was trying this out on her. And she said, I want to push back on you a little bit, Lynn. She said, we have faith. It's just that we have all that stuff. And we forget about our faith. We trust in all of this stuff. We, we, we place our security there, our hope there, and we forget about the power of our faith. We too have Jesus <laughs> who changes people's lives. We're trying to defy gravity. That's what we're saying here, that, that pull of money and possessions. We're trying to break free from that. Here's the clue. It comes in celebration. <laughs> you won't see people dragging me up the aisle. <laughs> I may not raise my hands, but really, there's a feast going on. And then the Father says to us, can't you come join the party? Come, come celebrate. Your brother's come home. He, he was lost and is now found. He was dead and is, and is alive again. So in this church, we're trying to practice this. Yes, I know it's stewardship. And, and you think it's about the budget. It's not. It's about your heart. It's about your soul. And so we're, we're kind of practicing this. And so last week, yeah, we stuffed 200 stockings. You, you heard Kim talking about that. They're going to people who live on the streets. And they're our friends. <laughs> they're our family. And, and Mobile Loaves and Fishes and Salvation Army is going to help us distribute those. Things, those stockings filled with toiletry items and socks and, and stuff like that just to help people get through the day. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. <laughs> right? And, and, and this, uh, let's see where we got up here next. Oh, this afternoon there's a party. Oh, I didn't know there was a fest fall festival. You can come between 4 and 6 today and join in the party there. And there's, there's games and, and prizes and, and food and, and lots of good fellowship. And it's, and it's for all ages. I'll be there. I hope to see you. Four o'clock. He said, I didn't reserve a place. It's okay. You're still welcome. Come. Come to the fall festival this afternoon. And, and then we have this. It's Christmas in October. So we have one big thing we're emphasizing today just out of those 16 things. Let's, let's run that tape here. My name is Doug Brown. I'm the founder of It Starts With Soccer. And we're a nonprofit uh, based in Austin, Texas that works in Africa uh, with the goal of helping underserved children break out of the cycle of poverty. As an organization, we're very thankful for the opportunity to have been a part of um, Christmas in October over the past few years. This past year alone, the Westlake United Methodist um, members, their contributions to what we're doing in Africa and our work there has been has been amazing. In particular, the school desks that were donated last year. Uh, we just finished building a school in rural Zimbabwe and uh, it took a lot for us to build the school, but once the school was built, we didn't have any furnishings for it. And through the donations by the members at uh, Westlake United Methodist Church, we were able to provide those school desks to those children. So this year, we're really excited about our big project, which is going to be building a medical clinic in the rural areas of Zimbabwe. Uh, the reason why this medical clinic is so important is because if you get sick and you live out in the rural areas, and even if it's something as simple as malaria or uh, dysentery or you know, just a, a, a flu, you would have trouble getting to a doctor because it might cost $5 to get from where you live into town to see a doctor. And 
if you have no income, there's no way to afford that $5, much less $1. So if you can't make it 30 miles, 50 miles, 100 miles to the doctor, then you can die relatively easily from something that's uh, very minor and that would easily be treated um, had you had access to a doctor. So literally, this is a project that will save lives and save lives not only now, but into the future for years and years to come. So in addition to the construction of a medical clinic, which is our big project this coming year, we always work with many schools while we're there. So school supplies and soccer balls are always a big part of what we're doing. Our projects may not be, you know, millions and millions of dollars, but at the same time, they're very meaningful projects and they're, they're, they're making a difference, you know, even, even if they're just a few, you know, but they're making a big impact, so I'm proud of that. So we're learning to break free, to celebrate, to, to know joy, to come in to the party. There's, there's one more way you can do that, and there's this next Saturday. I, I'm really excited about this. I'm fully invested in this. From 9 to 11 in our parking lot, closet clean out. Why do we hold on to all this stuff? Why do we do that? Come, come bring those things like batteries, oil, paint, antifreeze, we're going to be taking that to the city of Austin so that it can be recycled in an appropriate kind of way. Uh, there's going to be a goodwill truck here to take those electronics, your, your computers and those cell phones and stuff that have been hanging around, those music players, shoes, toys, games, uh, clothing. Uh, come bring those and we'll get them to the right place. There'll be one station here for moving and grooving that helps with Foundation for the Homeless and the Refugee Services of Austin. Bring those big furniture items. Even bedding they will take. Nope, nobody else will take bedding, but they will around here. There's one that's not up there. Bring those old sheets and towels. They can be used for pets in uh, some of the pet rescue centers that will be taken there. So we have closets here at church that need to be cleaned up. Why do we do this? We hold on as if this is our security. Let it go, okay? We're just going to be practicing getting into the party. So here we are. The best way to break free is to join the party. That's the good news I have to share with you this day. Amen. Amen.